You're listening to the Thoroughbred Podcast, an elite business leadership podcast. This is near and dear to my heart. Like, this is not bandwagon stuff. This is true, near and dear to my heart. Super excited to welcome uh, Joey Spencer to the Thoroughbred Podcast. And, uh, you know, this is an elite business podcast. And at the same time, it's about elite people. And the story isn't just about Joey. It's about his family. And and I can tell you that as a testament because, you know, I walked into their home uh, and I had the blessing of selling their home. And I say blessing very raw in this moment because when I walked into your house, and and I don't know if your dad has shared this with you. um, When I walked into your house, you guys were not there. You'd already moved out. I felt like I was in a chapel. And not because there was a cross hanging on the wall. There's a lot of crosses hanging in places. I was just, I could feel, uh, I mean, there was just an overwhelming feeling of love, of Mm -hmm. faith. And and it was just amazing. And so I want to start with with that. Tell me about you. Tell me about you as a person and your upbringing and your family background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like that was... uh that's an accurate description of kind of how we grew up as kids, just um, with a lot of love and a lot of uh, family. Family was the main probably thing that was, uh, that was in our lives and that we knew to be true, you know, that no matter what was going on, you know, we, are, we always had our family around our closest family and um, it wasn't just our immediate family. It was our grandpas. It was our cousins. It was, you know, we were very, very few times was I not with, family you know very few times um i spent my weekends with um my cousins and my grandparents you know pretty much all the way from the time that i was a little little kid to the time that i was a teenager and um you know we always knew that we could depend on each other and that you know if we needed support we needed somebody to have our back then um that was who we went that was who we went to and uh that was a great way to grow up you know what i mean because even if you you know no matter what you have no matter what um, circumstances you're dealing with, you know, that you've got, you know, a firm, uh, support system, you know, and people that really care about you no matter what. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll share this with you. You know, one of the reasons I think that always grips me is because I didn't have that, you know? And so when I, when I walk in and I can feel that, you know, it's, it's just a different feeling than I, that I grew up with, you know, my mother committed suicide when, when I was six, um, you know, my, my dad never recovered really from that mentally until he found the Lord, which was just five years ago, uh, which yeah. was, you know, I found the Lord seven years ago. So um, that journey, that path, I think another thing that's very inspiring for me because of that is that relationship that you have with your father and mm-hmm. that shines through. And, and, and so tell us a little bit about that, because I know you love your mom and we'll talk about that and the rest of your family. But with your dad being your trainer. Right. And I've coached my 18 year old. Like, it's tough to turn that switch on and off from, hey, now it's time to get busy to now we're family again. So tell me a little bit about that relationship, because that's certainly special. Yeah, absolutely. It's always been something that we balanced since the time that I was just a little kid, you know, starting to do this. Boxing is also a very different sport to do it in. And I've heard a lot of kind of testimonies about this situation because the father son coaching teams are usually the best teams, um, at least in the sport of boxing that I know, um, because of the passion that's there, yeah. you know, and, uh, boxing is a very passionate sport and, um, it takes a lot of grit. So it, there's, there's very few people who can bring that out of you. Like a, your father can, you know, can bring that, uh, 
spirit out of you that he knows best and or it's your father you know needs someone to really be able to bring bring you to places that no one else can so that's what your father can do but then it's also a very you know it's a balancing act because that's also that that drive and that spirit and that you know passion of a fight can play into you know everyday life when you know you go back to just being a teenager you go back to just being a you know a kid at the time you know so um, it's always a, an act of trying to do things to counteract that. And sometimes, you know, we failed at that. And sometimes we've, uh, we've done well. And um, it's just always a learning process for me and him. And, but it's a great relationship. And it's brought us, you know, a lot closer, even though we, we bicker a lot. And we, you know, just think he, because he's, you know, like a coach is, he's always on me. He's always on me for perfection. He, he makes me strive for perfection. And in the end, that's what makes me reach my goals. But in the in the um, midst of all that, we can forget why we're, you know, what's happening and that it's a real good thing, you know. And sometimes we can lose sight of that and maybe fight a little bit. But then we always come back together. And it's it's a great it's a great relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I when you say goals, I'm always triggered into the next thing, you know, because I think goals are great. But I think that you can't achieve a goal without the commitment behind it. And, and, and so to me, when I, you know, everybody talks about goals. Everybody does. Oh, my goal, my goal, my goal. But what is your commitment level? And, and I think that is what takes people to the next level, right? Because you've got to have that breakthrough where, hey, this is hard. And, uh, yeah. when, and when goals are, you know, when we set lofty goals and lofty expectations, our commitment has to be way bigger than our goal. So tell me a little bit about, you know, when, when we're, as you're coming up, right. And you start to have this vision of, Hey, you know, obviously you've been passionate about this from day one, but you start to have this vision of, you know, this, uh, this goal, this commitment that I'm making, there's, there's, I don't want to say light at the end of the tunnel, uh, because you always have that in your mind, but when you start to gain traction in it, did you, did you recognize that moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, at first it started out and it was just about, um, it was just about all about boxing. It's kind of like I always, you know, me and my dad, you know, talk about it. I tell certain people, people ask me what it was like when you started, what the differences were when I started to become more of a professional or even preparing to become a professional, the difference from when I was an amateur fighting in national tournaments. And, um, even though those were big things for me at the time, you know, in my head, it was more, it was just all about boxing. You know, it was all about doing what I love to do. I love the box. I love to train and I love to go to tournaments with my friends. I'd see my friends from all over the country, you know, who went to these tournaments. Then when you start to prepare to turn pro, it becomes a lot more about business and it becomes a lot more personal and a lot more lonely. It becomes a lot more, you know, you're by yourself. You train by yourself. The training camps are harder um, it's a lot more commitment, a lot more sacrifice. I've That's sacrificed a great time too, though. When, when you, you know, you get to that, when, as you said, it's a lot more lonely, but you're still there with your family. Right. Absolutely. So it, it definitely, that, like I said at the beginning, you know, going back to that, I feel like my whole life's kind of been, even in those times where I feel like, you know, the sacrifice is so much, I still got my family right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, we moved to California. I left a lot of my close, close family back in Michigan. Um, that was hard for me. You know, that was hard for my family. But, you know, having my dad, having my mom, having my little brother there, you know, really, really was what made all the difference, you know. 
Um, so, but feeling that traction start to, to pick up in the momentum and feeling people start to get behind me and getting my first professional win. That was when I, after my first pro win, seeing the support and seeing everybody back home from Linden and everybody just supporting me. And that's really what made it me see, you know, my light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. Cause for, you know, like everybody who's been in a position where they're striving for something, there's definitely dark times, you know, there's dark times where you feel like, you know, things are harder than, or more, more hard than good. And, but it all came together after that. And I could see, you know, I could see a lot of, a lot of potential that I always knew was there, but I saw a lot of potential. You experience it a little bit. Exactly. I got to feel the fruits of my labor. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and I think the other part of that, you know, when you said, you know, all the support from home, I think it's important to recognize the impact that that has on people. Right. And, and, oh, and, and, and look, there's a lot of people that can become successful. Right. I mean, it, it, whatever it is, but I think the foundation that you have to maintain a level head. And I know you, you know, you got to roll with a little bit of chip on your shoulder in anything you do, especially in boxing. But I think to be able to come back to that, that family, that foundation, that faith, tell me a little bit about that faith, because that was the thing that, uh, that really, when I went in your house, I was just like, I called my wife from there. I'm like, I, I was like, man, I got to tell you, honey, I'm at this house and they're not even, they're in California. And I feel like they're here. I feel like the Holy Spirit's here. Like there was just something about it. So tell me about that background because you can't create that by just hanging across on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what always kept, um, that was our foundation from the time we were little. Um, my mom and dad always just kept us, um, focused on what was important, you know? That's what it always came down to is even when it got, when it seemed like I was, cause you can really have a tendency to have your dreams kind of take over your whole life. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, that you think about everything that you're striving for, everything that you want in life can kind of distract you. And that's where people go wrong. That's where people start to, you know, start focusing on the wrong thing. And the difference is I've got my dad and I've got my mom and I've got people around me that keep me focused on, this isn't the end goal at the end of the day. You know, I can, I can, um, accomplish everything, but if I forget what it's really for, and if I forget who I'm really doing it for, then it's honestly not worth it. You know what I mean? That's what I would say. Um, what makes this worth it to me is doing in the end, doing what God, um, has for me in this because I know there's more than just boxing to this sure after boxing there's more absolutely there's going to be a lot of um platform there's going to be a lot of opportunity hopefully a lot of uh a lot more financial um you know a lot more financial uh resources to be able to help people across the world that's what I've I've always this what always been my main dream if you talk to my family if you talk to my dad that's what always has been my um my goal. I want to, I want to help people across the world that, that need it, you know, and not just help them financially or put food in their stomach, but point them towards their savior and point them towards who's really going to save their souls. So that's what always, you know, that's what really drives me and makes all this worth it to me. You know, when I think about the work, I don't think about, Oh, one day I'm going to have so much money. One day I'm going to have so much. No, I think one day this is going to be, this is going to touch way more people than just me. And it's deeper than boxing. You know, I know I'm on this journey for a reason. And um, so, 
that's kind of what yeah, that's is. the beauty of this you know doing this with you is is i we've never really even met right i mean yeah. you guys were gone and so i communicated with your dad a lot and, and through that you know the sale of the house but i knew that was in you just be just from being in the house and, and watching you and, and, and you know, talking to your dad and, and I, that's super motivating and i think now more than ever in our world we need that you know and there's, there's people are just lost and and i you know i didn't have any of that foundation growing up and so um it, it's inspiring to know that it exists and it's inspiring to know that and i'm the same as you right I, i've worked very hard i end up on you know that i have a little bit of a platform right and some means to give back and but i struggle with it a little bit i will i will share with you and and, and maybe help you because we don't want to be on that pedestal but we have to accept it in order to to give back. And I struggle with that a little bit. So literally I started reading a book two days ago uh, that a, a guy from Ohio sent me. Um, and the, the, the title slipped to me right now. I just had it, but it'll come back to me, but it really speaks about being able to, to, it was called to create. That's the name of it called to create. And, and the first 10 pages impacted me because it just was a reminder that God was a creator. You know, he himself was a creator. And, and so it's okay to be that creator's mind and to do these yeah, things. And uh, I think it's how we do them that matters and, and understanding who we are. And, hey, you're going to get people that, you know, people are going to say, oh, you're on the bandwagon. That's fine. People are going to say, you know, we're, we're uh, doing these things to be in the limelight. No, that's, that just comes with it. And then we have to embrace it, which that's the hard part for me. I don't want to be on a billboard. I really don't. Yeah just part of the game, you know, and, and people see you as that person instead of as who you really are. So, and I think that's what the beauty of this that brings that kind of to life. Tell me a little bit about, um, what, what started the mind of boxing? Like was your dad a boxer? I mean, <laughs> for the audience, just to understand when I went to their home, right. And I've never been there. I don't know these people. Um, I, I opened the garage door to look in the garage and it is a boxing ring, uh, a boxing training center. Uh, I don't think a car has ever been in this garage. I mean, literally, it was beautiful. I was like, I want to jump in the ring and start boxing, but I figured there were cameras on me. <laughs> how, how did that become? Um, so my dad was a boxer. Uh, he, was, he was an amateur boxer. And um, he actually started in his early 20s. Um, and I was just a little kid. A very young kid. And that's some of my earliest memories. Just my dad was a big boxing fan. Some of my earliest memories were um, watching big fights with him at just a, at a very young age. Um, I was very little kid, you know, but and some grown men don't have the attention span to like watch a boxing match. And me, I was a kid that was all over the place. You know, I, I just wanted to play and run around and, uh, but when boxing came on, that's when I could get focused. I could focus on a boxing match for the 40 minutes that were on, that it was on. I was in, I was involved in, in extremely interested in the buildup of the fights, the big fights. And, um, I just loved everything about the sport. I, I always say, I tell people that people might not really understand, you know, and think that I'm just saying it, but I truly was born with something in me that just wanted to box. And it wasn't even just wanted to fight. It was that I wanted to I loved boxing. I loved yeah, very boxing. big difference, right? Yeah, I loved the sport. Um, from a young age, it was like UFC would come on, and it was like, oh, it's okay. I loved the, I loved boxing. You know, I loved the bravado. I loved the athletes, the way that they carried themselves. I loved 
just everything about it. I love, you know, two men coming together and having to outthink the other one. I just, I just loved everything about it. So my dad saw that and, you know, I'd be trying on my, my parent, my dad's, uh, boxing equipment when it was big on me and I'd be trying it on it from a very young age. And then, um, as I got old enough to box, I was probably six or seven. I started, we started traveling all over this, all over the state, um, sparring kids, my age, little kids and learning how to box and some a lot older and some a lot, uh, more experienced with already, you know, having amateur fights. My dad was just preparing me because he knew that I loved it. So, um, I always just had, I always wanted to be a professional boxer from the time that I was that age. You know, there was. What age was that? that? What age do you think that was when you first From the time I I was six to seven, I wanted to be, you know, someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I'd say a professional boxer. (laughs) So we we travel around and, you know, go to these different gyms. And then finally I was old enough to have my first fight at eight years old. I think I had my first fight when I was nine years old, actually. And uh, never looked back started winning national championships. And at this time we were just bouncing around gyms and um, around the state getting sparring still didn't really have our own gym. Actually we were, uh, if I trained at home, I trained in the basement. I had a basement gym. It was in uh it had a treadmill and a punch and a heavy bag. And I was just trained there with my dad. And, but then we'd go around the state for sparring. And then finally I was, you know, winning a lot more nationals and we were saying, thinking about opening up a gym somewhere and then we said, you know what, let's move the cars out of the garage. And uh, we worked on that gym for, I think, a couple weeks straight in the summer. And that's where I ended up training for the last, for my world championships, my national championships. And I trained in the garage <laughs> for the last, you know, couple years of my amateur career. Usually when we sell a home, we have to talk about getting the furniture moved. The biggest move here was getting all the boxing ring out and, and all of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that was a new struggle. <laughs> um, tell me about besides boxing. What else? What else do you enjoy? What? What? What's is there a secondary passion, um, or are you just so laser focused on this? I mean, I know there's there's very little time in a day as it is, right? But uh, do you get down? I, mean, I know right now in the midst of it, you probably don't have any downtime. But when you do, when you have downtime, what do you like to do? Uh, my favorite thing to do um, after my fights is I love the box. That's really what I do. You know, that's the main thing that I'm focused on as far as a passion, you know, something that, but that's my work also. What I, what I love to do um, my downtime is after my fights, I like to come home um, to Michigan and I just really like to spend time with my friends and I've got very close friends in, in Linden and I've got a great family, like I said, and I like to just spend time in my grandpa's house and, I like to go fishing with my cousins and yeah. that's the type of stuff that I like to do, you know, and just, just hang out and watch movies and, you know, maybe go to bonfires, have bonfires, you know, that's what I like to do in the that's summertime good. after I come home and I just like to relax and just unwind as much as possible. Awesome. So tell me at a young age, who was your favorite fighter? Um, I had a couple. Uh, I always loved the fighting style of Floyd Mayweather. That was who I really watched. Um, a lot when I was a kid and I liked Roy Jones Jr. And then I also loved my favorite fighter as a kid. I'd say like my main, um, like my childhood idol, my, my boxing idol, there was Andre Ward. Um, he was, you know, a boxing genius and, um, probably go down as one of the best super middleweights ever, the best super middleweight ever. And I love watching him still to this day. And then, um, Miguel Cotto, Miguel Cotto, he was the Puerto Rican, um, world champion uh, in a few different weight classes. And I just loved his spirit and the way he fought. 
he had some great, great wars. And I just, that was the four styles that I probably watched the most and put something together on my own. And then I love the old fighters. Like I love watching the old fights, like Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. And I love watching Tommy Hearns and I love the old fights and even older. Cause I'm, I've always been a boxing kind of historian and I love watching uh, Joe Lewis's and, uh, you know, um, all the oldest fighters, you know. And you've had a chance yeah. to meet it. You've, you've had a chance to meet a couple, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andre Ward, he's always been my favorite fighter, so it was the, like the top one. So it was really cool that I actually have been training in his gym for the last two years in California. That's why we moved to California because okay. we met him and trained and sparred in his gym a couple times, and then they invited us to come stay there permanently. So we took that opportunity and I was able to watch his sparring for his last, watch his full camps for the last two um, fights that he had before he retired. Um, two of his biggest fights against Sergey Kovalev. And I was at the fights, locker rooms. I got to see everything, you know, the whole layout, everything that he did to pr- prepare at the fight, before the fight, you know, leading up to the, just the final hours before the fight. So it was just, that was probably a, the biggest, um, experience for me since I've, you know, been out in California that truly have, you know, I've took in so much from and I know will be, you know, a big experience that I draw from in the future, you know, in my career. So seeing them, you know, prepare, how does Joey Spencer prepare? Uh, I try to, I try to prepare similar, you know, um, I take a lot of things that they did and uh, it's mainly just about whatever, I noticed about Andre, he's laser focused. That's the thing about him. He never lost focus, no matter who he was preparing for, whether it was a less um, known opponent, kind of a, a tune-up fight, or whether it was the best fighter in the world. Right. Not taking anything for granted. He never took anything lightly, trained the same way, just just extreme hunger. You know, you could see it in his eyes, and he never took any shortcuts. He never took any, um, never cut any corners. That was the thing that I admired about him especially with me coming up, you know, being the beginning fights of my career, being, you know, a kid and a lot of kids my age who are fighting, you know, pro- professional, they think it's a game. You know what I mean? They think it's uh they can just party and, you know, after their fights and, you know, leading up to their fights and that, you know, they can do whatever they want and they're above the, above life and things like that. But Andre being around Andre really taught me just to bite down, keep my head down, stay focused and enjoy. You, and all the work is done. You know, it's funny you say that because my favorite boxer was Mike Tyson. And I always loved boxing. I mean, I loved, I loved, I loved, I don't know, I love the action of it. And, and the, um, you know, the kind of jockeying back and forth and, and the strategy behind it, you know, because there is strategy, right? I mean, there's mine, there's a lot of thinking. But I always liked Mike Tyson because I always, because of his childhood, you know, I was drawn to that. I wanted to see him succeed. And he was with, uh, you know, the amount uh, laser focused, laser, yeah, and the success didn't even stop that. It was once he got unfocused, you know, and, and the, the the initial success didn't get him unfocused. It was after everything went down, and then uh, old boy got involved, and and then things started to change. But he had a book, uh, and and I read this book, and I, I don't like to read books. I mean, I know I just told you about another one, but it takes me a month to read a book. But this book was so good. Um, it really dove deep into his childhood and, and really how crazy it was. Um, and so 
I, I, and that goes back to, you know, you having that foundation that, that he didn't have, that when you do reach the top, that, that you can always go back to, to keep you focused and to keep you dialed in. Absolutely. That's really awesome. What does your day look like? If you're, you know, let's just say today, we're, what, today's Wednesday, your next, your second fight, pro fight is Friday. And so what was your day like today? When do you work out and, and kind of the rest is probably just chill and relax? Yeah, I work out, um, I'll work out, uh, Later tonight, I work out around the time that I'll be fighting. So between eight and nine, I'll go down and I'll do my workout just to wake up my body around the same time that I'll be waking up, waking up the day of the fight. So I've been doing that every day because you want to get out a consistent schedule. How far out do you start for with that? Like once the fight's scheduled? About a week. About a week. Okay, that's interesting. I would have never known that. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the times can be all over the place at the beginning. You can't just, you know working around your schedule, your sleep schedule, things like that. But the last week you really try and get on a, a schedule to kind of create some muscle memory and uh, fight it, you know, be training at the time that you're going to fight. So I'll, I'll go down and train today's, you know, the day before the weigh-in. So I've started my weight cutting and um, I've cut my water off and whatnot. So tonight will just be a light shadow boxing workout and um, just to kind of keep the blood flow going and keep my, my legs, you know, get my legs woken up and things like that. So I'll be, um, tomorrow. So I'll, I'll do that workout. I'll go to sleep after that workout, you know, kind of lay in bed, lay around, go to sleep at about 11 o'clock, wake up tomorrow. And it's just, uh, get on weight, finish off. I'll take a bath tomorrow an Epsom salt bath. Um, cool. and do my, no, very, very hot, like okay. boiling hot. Cause this okay. is how I get my, my final weight off. So I'll, I'll do that to get my final weight off. It actually just pours out. It's a, it's a really good method of way to do it. But, um, so I'll do like cycles, a uh, 20 minute cycle, like 10 minute on 10 minutes. I mean, five minutes off 10 minutes back on going in and out of that going in and out of that. Yep. And it's, it's pretty brutal. I'll be honest. It's, it's, uh, it's not fun. It's probably my least favorite part of the camp. Um, but when it's over, it happens a lot faster than I, getting the weight that I get off in that bath, it would take a lot longer of me running and expending energy and, you know, uh, actual physically working out. You right. know, to get things off. So I got to suffer a little bit, but in the end, it's a lot better for my and body. I saw on, on the video that you did, I thought you were getting in an ice bath because I played hockey after hockey, we got an ice bath. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty crazy to, you know, I'm thinking you're working out. Like when we're scheduling this, I'm thinking you're working out in the morning, but no, you're at night. I'm thinking you're in a cold bath and you're getting in hot water with Epsom salt. <laughs> yep, I get it. I do ice baths uh, during camp when my body's a lot more fatigued and whatnot. But um, right now I'm winding down so much. The work level is way less than gotcha. when it was the first seven weeks, you know, and in my last week, it's really just tapering down, tapering down letting my body recoup to the point where, you know, it takes from all the training I did the last uh, seven weeks. Right. And then my body will just be, you know, firing the last day, the, the Friday of the fight. So it's like a thoroughbred. You do all this training because they, they usually race every four to six weeks. So you do all this training in preparation and the last, you know, the last five, seven days, it's kind of, it's more of recouping to go exactly. real hard. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what just... How do you balance that? You know, you're 17 years old, which is, you know, incredibly young. Holy cow. But it's a beautiful thing. How do you balance that, like, girlfriend, right? Um, 
you know, obviously being focused helps, but are you, are you doing those things? Do you have a girlfriend or is, is that again, something that is just not even on your mind right now? Um, no, no girlfriend right now. Um, it's just, like you said, it's just really not, I've got, you know, um, I've had a girlfriend, you know, the last serious girlfriend I had was probably, we broke up about a year ago, um, around the time that I moved to California. And, uh, right now just all my focus is on, you know, the fight. I get to see my close friends and family when I go home, uh, to Michigan after the fights, that's for about three to four weeks. That's my time that I kind of just try to be normal, but that's not, you know, enough time to kind of create a relationship. Right. So, so uh, after, after each fight, you go home for a few weeks. Yes. Yes. Last, last time it was about three, it was three weeks. Yeah. Last time it was three weeks. I'll be doing the same thing this time. And, uh, I just enjoy, I enjoy that time a lot. Oh, you know, I, I enjoy it. Especially after a win. Especially after a win. Totally relaxed and just go home, be myself for a little bit. It's a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us about the fight coming up Friday. Who's your opponent? Uh, what's the style? What's, what's, and then, and then as we get into that, what is, I call it race day, right? Well, because of the horses, but, but what is that mindset? Uh, the day of the fight, kind of walk us through that um, because I'm sure it's probably different than than what I thought because I thought you were in a cold bath. <laughs> uh, so my opponent, this is going to be embarrassing, but I do not know his name. He is uh, he's an African, uh, he's straight from Africa, and he's got a very hard name to pronounce. So I, I haven't really rehearsed it enough to say it. You probably but, got a nickname, uh, but we didn't go there. Yeah, I don't even know his nickname, but uh, <laughs> so. I have watched him, watched his film a lot. He's kind of just a straightforward fighter. Um, throws straight punches, throws a lot of straight punches. He's kind of got some, he's got some long arms. He's got some long arms, um, but nothing too, um, nothing too advanced. Nothing too advanced. Um, I'll, I'll be able to, um, I'll take the first round and be, you know, um, and see what he's got. You know, I'll see what he's got. See what he's working with. See what I'm working with. Yeah. And then, um, once I find out what I'm working with, that's, that's when it's all over. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in your first fight, there was a picture that I saw somewhere on Facebook and in the picture alone, I said, Oh, this cat's in trouble. <laughs> uh, no, for real. You, you talk about that laser focus and I could just see it in your eyes. It was like, Oh, your focus yeah. compared to his. And in my opinion, just seeing that photo wasn't the same. You know, and I think that again, that's that commitment. That's that drive. That's that, that vision that it's that you're, you're, I don't want to say you're looking past him. You're looking through him. Exactly. Right. Uh, it's, um, when I saw that, and this is kind of, I'm getting into that, you know, this is the day before the weigh-in. So I'm getting to that point. Um, it's starting to come, but when I get to this point, it's just something kind of changes, um, in my mindset. And it's, uh, when I get to the weigh-in and I saw him, you know, I saw that guy, like you said, it was just like, you kind of see a picture of someone who's trying to stop, stop my momentum, you know, who's trying to stop what I've worked for, you know, and it's just, uh, and in the end of the day, he's just doing his job. He's not trying to, you know, but you kind of paint a picture in your head that this is the guy who's trying to stop, you know, my momentum, trying to, trying to stop me from taking this where I'm going to take it for my family. And, you know, at that point, something just switches and it's just like, you know, (laughs) it, it gets brutal, you know? Do you, do you, uh, so two, this is kind of a two part question. I just thought of this because uh, when I work out, um, you know, people, people always wonder what people work out to, right? I work out to Christian music because Mm -hmm. it calms me. 
And when, when I'm calmed, I'm able to focus more. Um, and so what kind of music do you listen to as you're prepping and, you know, getting taped up and, and kind of going through all of that? I actually try not to listen to any music. Actually, I try not to listen to any music because I think that uh, it's better for me to, especially before a fight where my emotions are so high as it is, I just like to be, you know, completely clear-minded without any music, without any, you know what I mean? I wrap my hand, I, I get wrapped up and just, uh, I'm all on my thoughts. You know, I like to really close my eyes and think about, think about the game plan, relax myself. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't like anything to get into my mind that is coming from somebody else who's not really going in to do what I'm going in to do. You know right. what I mean? Right. So I like to just focus on what I'm about to go do. And, uh, yeah, it always I always stay more calm that way. But then there is sometimes that I'll turn on some hip hop or I'll turn on something just based on the mood. Sometimes I'll turn on some some um, R and B, some like smooth music to yeah. relax me. It just depends on. I can get to the fight and be like, "All right, I need this. I need this right now because I feel a little bit more uptight than normal." Sometimes if I'm in the right you know state of mind already. And I'm like, I'm already relaxed. Then I won't turn anything on. Cause I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to get too amped up. I don't want to get too, you know, I just want to be calm. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I played goalie in hockey and so, you know, we're, we're considered a little bit goofy, but you, you have all of those routines. And for me, it was never about getting hyped up. It was about getting relaxed and getting just kind of, you know, same kind of thing. You know, the players are getting all hyped up and they're yelling and screaming. They want to go out and hit people. And I'm just focused on, you know, being in the moment and trying to slow things down. They're trying to speed things up. I'm trying to slow things down. Exactly. Slow things down. It's, you know, the worst thing that I can do is go in there too, um, too excited. You know, the last fight, it worked out in my favor, but I was definitely, I was just, I don't even remember. I didn't even remember most of the fight until I watched it after. Cause I was so hyped up. Yeah. My adrenaline was crazy. And I just went in there just to, you know, I was throwing all power shots. I wasn't, you know, barely using my jab. It was all hooks, big right hands. And this fight, I really want to go out more. Um, try and relax a little bit more, but it'll, it'll definitely come out probably right when I see my, my opening. But, um, that's the thing. I saw my opening really fast the last fight too, you know? So that's why I just went, went in as, uh, reckless as I, you know, as not reckless, but as, um, aggressive. Yeah. So it just depends all when I see my, my opening, you know, but, uh, it's definitely a, it's a, it's a very fine line of like, aggressive aggression going in the ring and trying not to cross the line of being too, you know, it's very, very, uh, if, if you get out of it, if you go overboard, you're getting out of what you're, what you're supposed to be doing and you're becoming vulnerable, right? Vulnerability. Yeah. And that's a very fine line. And it's a very, uh, it's a mix that you kind of gotta, you gotta work on for days before the fight. You know, it's just like preparing your body, but you gotta make sure your mind's right going in there. It doesn't matter how, Get a shape you're in going in the ring. You've got if you if you let your mind slip before you get in there, that can be you know that can be bad you know. So you hey, got to make sure your mind right. Yeah. So we're talking about mind getting your mind right. The mindset, right? The mindset from from on on game day, right? Day of the fight. When do you start to get into that routine? I mean, the fight's at eight o'clock. Yeah. 
So when do you kind of start to shift that? Uh, does it like for me uh, on game day, the whole day was blown. I was laying around the house, stretching, you know, really getting prepared. Um, when does that kind of start in the morning? I mean, you wake up, probably have breakfast and do your thing. When do you start to get into that mindset of the, of the flight? All, all day today is the day that it really started. Actually yesterday. Um, yet last night is when in my workout is when I really felt things start to change. One of the things that always, I always wonder about people. Um, and I think, again, it goes back to my, you know, my childhood. Um, what is the toughest thing you've gone through in your life? And what did you learn from it? Um, the toughest thing that I've gone through in my life. I've never really thought about this before. I've never really thought about this question. Um, I've had some really, um, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was one moment, like a, um, like something that specifically happened that I look back on and I'm like, wow, like that happened. And I, and this took me to a bad place. You know what I mean? It was more of a moment in my, a time in my life. Um, the hardest time I've probably went through personally in my life was, um, first of all, people don't, don't really understand what it took when we, when we moved to California, how hard just our everyday life was. Um, the first year that we were in California as a family, like it was extremely, the struggle was, um, incredible. Um, it was, you know, we always talk about, we wish we had some of it on camera just so that people could really see, you know, what we, what we did and what we went through and the days that we had. But, um, when I was training for my first pro, when it, the debut, um, here, I had a moment in time where for some reason I just couldn't get right mentally. It was just, I don't know if it was the pressure. I don't know if it was the, um, the pressure, the training, the lack of, um, the lack of people kind of by my side. You know what I mean? It was more. Um, my dad and I were training, so we were at odds, you know, um, I felt very, you know, alone. The training camp was harder than I'd ever had before. So that already taxes your mind. It taxes, you know, your mindset and, uh, you feel mentally kind of weak. And, um, and then also my boxing game was not in the best place. Like it wasn't, you know, coming together the way I wanted it to on an early stage. And for some reason, it just truly took me to a, a very, very depressed place. It took me to a very, very depressed place. And I'd never been in any situation like that before in my life. But it was probably the hardest. I've told people, other people, that that was probably the hardest time in my life, the hardest season in my life. I'd never experienced anything like that because I'd always felt pretty in control. You know, right. felt pretty in control of what was going on. And um, at this point in time, I did not feel in control. You know, I didn't feel sure of myself. I didn't feel confident. You know, this is everything that I had worked for and everything that we had struggled for to get to this point. And I felt like I had no control over it. I felt like I, I should be extremely motivated. I felt like I should have been extremely, um, can you hear me, buddy? Are we frozen yep, up? You're good, brother. So I felt like I should have been extremely motivated and I felt like I should be in the best place in my life. You know what I mean? Training wise, this is my shot. This is my opportunity. For some reason, it just felt like I was under attack. You know, it's hard to even explain. It felt like, um, like I had never felt before. It felt like, um, it felt like there was something very strong, you know, attacking me on a daily basis, you know? 
to the point where I felt like just breaking down when I was in the ring. Never felt like that in my life. I've been, I've been boxing since I was a little kid. And what I've realized is as at a pro level growing up more and more is it'll either make you or break you really, you know, because boxing is a sport that truly like it, it tests every party, you know, it tests your mental strength. It tests your physical strength. It just tests everything you are as a man. And it kind of makes you confront yourself and it kind of makes you examine yourself. And I feel like that's what I was in. And I don't know if other fighters have had this experience. I'm not sure. I haven't heard many people talk about it, but coming through that really took a lot of prayer. My mom was praying for me every day. It got to the point where they were like, look, Joe, do you want to, you know, do you want to fight this fight? And this is actually a, you know, I've never told anybody on this level, um, this situation, but they were actually asking me if I wanted to fight the fight. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to fight the fight. You know what I mean? Whatever comes of it, comes of it. But finally I just gave it up to God and I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but I can't do this by myself. You know, and I, I thought that I was ready and I thought that I could do this on my own, but I, I really couldn't and I can't, you know, and I really need um, your help. And, you know, fighting through that, it became a, a situation where, everything started looking up after that literally within three weeks of the fight where I should have already been in a good place. But three weeks away from the fight, I got to the place where everything, my mind started just really getting sharp. You know, I started really coming together. Everything came together. My boxing came together. My conditioning came together. I felt strong mentally, physically had some of the best performances of my life in training and sparring. And then, you know, coming into the fight, I was just in such a strong place. But that little season, it was probably a, a month period of time that was probably the hardest time in my life. Um, like you said, you asked what's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It's not really like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It's more the hardest time yeah. I've ever endured, you know, um, just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of stress. And um, I think it might have been because of how hard we worked to get to that point. And when I was confronted with it, it was almost like, are you going to choke or are you going to Right. Or you're going to perform like, all right, here it is. I got it. It's in my hands now. I can take it or I can, or I can break. So that was the situation. And I really had to pull through it, but it was actually, it made me a lot stronger. And now I can draw from that. You know what I mean? If I have that in the future. Well, and that, and, that, and I, you know, as you're telling me that story, I had the smile on my face because obviously you did because we're having this conversation, but the smile on my face is because now you've already had that experience. And just like you said, you, you know, you can draw from that and, and gain strength from that. And, and again, in that moment, where did you go back to foundation? Right. And, you know, and I always feel like, you know, God doesn't want us to be in control. Mm -hmm. That's what my dad told me. My dad told me, my dad told me when we were talking about it, cause I really didn't know what to do when I thought, you know, I remember telling my dad, I don't think this is a situation that I go to God for because I feel like this is just a situation where I need to be stronger. You know, I need to, um, and he said, God, cause I don't want to be the one to just go to God when I need something, you know? And he said, God wants you to need it. You know, God wants you to, God wants you to take your problems to him. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, um, what I learned through that is that no matter where you're at in life, you can always go to God with your problems because that's what he wants you to do. You know yeah. what I mean, I've had situations since then that instead of waiting so long, <laughs> if we were so stubborn, we wouldn't wait so long. You know what I mean? I waited too long and it, and it just slowly progressed to the point where it was, I was at rock bottom. Now in training camp, 
I mean, it always gets, it gets hard. You know what I mean? And training camp wasn't the only reason that that was a hard period of time. There was also some other things going on, but now when things creep up like that, I don't wait, you know, right. I go down right away and it, it always, it always takes care of things. You know, yeah, it always that's does. awesome. I love that. I think that's, you know, it's, it's important to be able to recognize that. And, and I mean, he wants our burdens, you know, and, and I carried those for so long until I met God, you know, and it was just like, uh, you know, I went to this, this men's retreat at St. John's here in Fenton. And I mean, I cried for two days straight and to release that and to release those burdens and then find forgiveness. Oh man, I tell you what, just an amazing thing. And so uh, I'm just very proud of you and, and of your family for having that foundation. Tell us a little before we go, because I don't want to lean on your dad out so much. Tell us a little bit about your mom and your little brother. Um, my mom is um, the one who helps me through, you know, all this, this whole situation. You know what I mean? She, in training camp, she's got a very, very hard job because she is constantly, <laughs> she's doing so much all the time. She, she does anything and everything that I need, you know, and makes things, tries to make things as easy as possible for me as my dad does, but my, she's my dad's helper. So my dad puts, you know, a lot on her and she always takes it with a good attitude. So, um, you know, I couldn't be more thankful to her. And then also just being, you know, great, great mom to us and taking care of her boys. And, um, also my sister, you know, for, for as long as I can remember. And then my little brother, he's a stinker, but (laughs) imagine that. <laughs> but uh he really I there's no one that I like having having around more than him, you know what I mean? Uh I'm very, very glad of all the people, you know, especially like I said, being in California the last couple of years, you know, having lonely times. Well Kel always, you know, me and him have really come close, come a lot close during that time because we've both been away from our friends, both have been away. So our bond as brothers has really come a lot farther. I'm, I'm happy and proud to, to say that, you know, we've gotten, a, you know, very, very close in the last couple of years. And so, um, no matter where I'm at, I always make sure he's with me. You know what I mean? It's not a fight that I'll have that he's not with me or an event or, you know, I like when I go home for him to be with me and, you know, because we really have each other's backs no matter what. So awesome. Well, brother, I'm very proud of you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a supporter of, of you and your family and, and all of the things that you're going to do. You know, I said to your dad the other day in a text, I said, you know, there's, there's so much more to this than, you know, this is the platform, right? But, but as you said, there's so much more to this. And, uh, you know, just being mindful of the impact that, you're, that you are having and are going to continue to have on, on a lot of people. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, I wish you the very best uh, on Friday night and uh, we're, we're going to be tuned in Fox news, 8 PM. Right. Awesome. Fox sports one, Fox sports one. Uh, and we'll get this up for the listeners prior to that. And, uh, you know, just try to get as many people supporting you as possible. And uh, brother, I just, uh, God bless you, man. I love you. I love your family. You guys are wonderful. Thank, Thank you so for, much for the support, man. Thank oh, you. Oh, for sure. For sure. And again, the support is just, you know, being part of that family. I mean, really, it's amazing. And so, uh, guys, uh, for our listeners, check out uh, Joey Spencer. Uh, What's your Facebook if they want to follow you on Facebook? Oh, just Joey Spencer. Yeah. And also I'm on Instagram at Joey D Spencer. So if you guys want to go check that out, you know, and see updates all the time, there's a lot on Instagram. There's a lot on Facebook. So thank you guys.
Definitely check that out. Guys, for us, Thoroughbred Podcast, subscribe on iTunes, follow us on, on SoundCloud. You know, definitely thank you so much for listening in. And uh, again, I just want to give big props to this, this wonderful young man that, uh, you know, we're blessed to have in our presence and in our community. And of course, he's getting a lot of support from around our community. I think it's wonderful. And I know there's big things in store for you. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate everybody in the community who supported me. And uh, yeah. thanks for having me on you got it, brother. Best of luck. Go get them Friday. Wait, what's the stance? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> why, does, why does every boxer have that? Uh, I don't do it. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep being you, brother. All right, thank you, bro. All right, Appreciate love you, man. Peace. All right, brother, too, man. See you later. Appreciate it.